Hello and welcome to the Brady Ackerman Show podcast. Uh, we appreciate you checking us out and special thanks to our friends at Campus Outfitters located on Archer Road in Gainesville. If you're looking for officially licensed Gator apparel on game day, visit Campus Outfitters in Gainesville. And I hope you're all coming up next weekend for the Orange and Blue game. Uh, it will be at 3 o'clock in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. We sure do expect a big crowd. It's called Pack the Swamp. Dan Mullen's trying to get as many folks there as possible. He's been to Sorority Row, Fraternity Row, the ROTC. He's been everywhere trying to get people excited about Gator football this spring. And uh, I know they will be, should be a great crowd, probably as big a crowd as we've had uh, since really since Urban Meyer was here. So should be fun. And uh, we've just got another week of spring practice left, a big weekend for Gator players. Uh, big practice on Friday, big scrimmage on Saturday. And as we go into this weekend, this is an important week for guys down the depth chart to make a move. This is an important week for young guys for the light to go on. Um, I think by Monday, uh, we'll have a better idea of where some of these young players are. And I'm thinking most notably, Emory Jones. You know, I think there was, you know, Mullen backed off practice, pushed it back a little bit this week, get some more classroom time. Uh, with the Gators practicing just once before the Friday-Saturday weekend. Uh, obviously, everything is closed to the media, so you're not going to get a whole lot of media coverage uh, from this uh, practice week. And then, of course, next week is Orange and Blue game, although I would think they have two hard practices, then a light practice to split the squad, however he's going to do that. And then you have the game, which will, uh, you know, is not nearly as as relevant as Saturday scrimmage that is coming up. But um, it will be their second major scrimmage. I think they're going to scrimmage some as well on Friday. A lot of game situations, a lot more offense in, a lot more blitz looks in, and really uh, just trying to give the ball to guys and say, you know, see if you can handle it. And I mentioned young players. You know, there's been a lot of talk about Felipe, Franks, and Kyle Trask. And they, those two right now have been competing for the starting job. It's been a been a battle just like it was last spring and Emory Jones is trying to make up a lot of ground in a short period of time from the standpoint of just the way things are done at the college level so I think the light goes on for him this week I'll be interested to see him uh, this weekend hear what Dan Mullen has to say about it Uh, and certainly once we get a recap from the scrimmage we'll get back with you on that uh, our opinions on what we can talk about I'm certainly not going to talk about anything that we're not supposed to. But I will say that I think this is going to be a good weekend for Jones. I wouldn't be surprised if the next time Dan Mullen meets with the media says Emory Jones has has, has turned the corner a little bit. Uh, I, you know, I and and regardless of what happens at this quarterback position, regardless of who Dan Mullen feels like is the starter at the end of spring, we got the summer which is important. Your kids get, you know, if you don't think the summer is important, look at the arrest records around college football. You guys got to stay, uh, you know, your quarterback's got to be your leader. He can't get in trouble. He can't do anything wrong. He's got to do have good grades. He's got to make workouts. He can't get hurt. So to say, well, our quarterback is Felipe Franks. That's fine. But he might not be your quarterback in August. Or he might not be your quarterback August 20th. So I think um, summer is important. Guys need to do the right things, need to establish themselves as a leader. And I think when guys go throw, they need to get everybody to go with them. And that was the one thing that impressed me about Trask, who I've been watching for two years now, 
in last week's scrimmage was the way he affected the rest of the team. But I think it's time for Emmy Jones to feel a little more comfortable. I wouldn't be surprised, and I don't know this to be true, if the quarterbacks weren't live a little bit in these scrimmages, or somewhat live, uh, to get the quarterback run game going just a little bit more. The defense, you know, kind of honed in early last week on the scrimmage on the run game because the quarterback never kept the ball. Well, I promise you they're going to keep the ball and and during the uh, regular season. And so it's probably about time to let the quarterbacks take off and run a little bit more than they have. And maybe that's on the quarterbacks. I don't know. You know, I mean, I don't call, I don't, I'm not a big uh, zone read guy. I'm a West Coast air raid guy. Um, but I, I do think that there are plays where the quarterback's supposed to keep, you know, is supposed to read it. And I think there's other plays where he gives it and it looks like he was reading it. Um, which has got what got Collinsworth all crossed up in the Super Bowl uh, on RPOs and stuff. But I think there's a lot more to put in with Florida's offense than we've seen. Um, but I think this week was closed to the media by design. And I think you're going to, I think this is a good week for Jones to make a move. Now, he may stink it up, but I think it's a good week for him to make a move. Wouldn't shock me if he got some number one reps this week. I'm not sure he's gotten a lot of one reps. He did get some twos. Wouldn't shock me because I, I think what Dan Mullen's trying to do and, and what I noticed in last week's scrimmage that was completely different than the other staff and even the staff before that, um, going back to maybe Charlie Weiss was the last time I saw a coach do this. He, he in having a quarterback competition, just because one guy's number one, he didn't let that guy stay at number one the whole day. He moved him around. So he can evaluate how all the guys affect their teammates and work in different situations. Now, I don't believe Felipe ran with the threes, but I do think uh, Trask got plenty of ones reps and Jones got a little bit of two reps. Um, so I think he's he's working on an entire month worth of practices to try to decide you know, where do we stand going to summer? What do these guys need to improve on? How much more the offense can we give them? And um, and then, you know, eventually a, a guy will rise to the top. I do think, as I've said every podcast, I'll continue to say it right now, I, I believe it to be a two-quarterback deal when the season starts. Um, unless Jones just really stinks it up. Uh, but, you know, Dan Mullen's going to play the guy that can move the chains. And I, as much as he, you have to be an ego guy to be a head coach in college football, and believe me, i got friends that are head coaches, Um. I don't think his ego is at the point where he'd say, I'm not playing Franks because he was recruited by the prior staff. Or I'm not playing Trask because he was discovered by Jim McElwain, which is true. I mean, let's be honest. If Kyle Trask goes to the NFL and becomes a really good quarterback and has a great career at Florida, you got to give McElwain credit for finding him. Nobody else found him. But we're not that far along yet. Although I've always told people in confidence that, you know, hey, Trask has the chance to be one of those guys that you look up his red shirt junior year. He's been around four years. He gets a chance to start like Mitch Trubisky, and he ends up being a a one year and gone to the NFL. Really, Mitch Trubisky played one year at North Carolina because they had a kid who they liked, a kid who was a team leader, and won a lot of games for him. Not as talented as him, and I, I've always thought that that could happen, but things have changed. And uh, Trask is out there competing. We'll see how he handled the success this week. We'll see how Felipe handled maybe uh, what was an off scrimmage. Uh, and we'll see where Jones. At some point, Emory Jones has to say, I'm the guy. You know, uh, you can defer only so long as the young buck. 
at some point you got to go in there and get in a huddle and say, this is my, my team. Now, that might not happen until fall camp. In fairness, we have 15 practices. One's a scrimmage, glorified scrimmage in the orange or blue game. So you really have about three scrimmages and uh, opportunities to really affect everybody other than quarterback, you know, running backs and receivers and Pascal. So uh, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how this plays out this weekend uh, in this in this quarterback race. But by no stretch of the imagination am I buying into any uh, narrative that that Emory Jones is not ready or not uh, in the in the in the same position as Trask and Franks. I think they're all three in the same spot. You know, uh, there's no reason to rush um, Emory Jones if you're Dan Mullen. And and I've told people this since day one; it hadn't changed. I'm evaluating the guys I didn't recruit. I know what I recruited. I know how I can coach them. I know how I can develop them. I've done that. Unlike the last two head coaches at Florida, he has nine years of head coaching experience walking in. He has more experience than, he might have more experience than Spurrier, Meyer, Zook, Muschamp, and McIlwain combined. Well, Spurrier was a head coach, if you don't count the USFL, he was a head coach at Duke for a couple of years. Zook never been a head coach. Uh, Muschamp never been a head coach. Urban was a bowling head coach for about four years. Bowling Green two, uh, Utah one. So he was only a head coach for like three years. So that's five, six. I'll give you. I'll even give you four and and three. I'll even give you the USFL. Dan Mullen, think about this. I just uncovered this while I'm talking with you. Dan Mullen had well. McElwain had three years. So three for McElwain, three for Meyer. That I think of. He was at Bowling Green two years, Utah, Florida. Right? That's six. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. I'm not researching this. Spurrier had two years at Duke. That's eight. He has more experience than McElwain, Spurrier, and Meyer combined. Or as much. If we Google it and do the research. Which is no fun. You know, I kind of like to just fly from the cuff a little bit. You see how much I can still remember after all these concussions. Think about that. So what he's doing is he's evaluating those two guys. He's positively reinforcing them. He's saying, okay, which guy can I count on? I know what I can do with a young guy. You know, I know what I can give him and and what he can do. And let me tell you something. I've not changed my opinion on this at all. If neither one of those two guys are clearly better than Emory Jones, they ain't playing. They ain't going to happen. They might play the first game against Charleston Southern, but Emory Jones is going to go the wire to wire. Because this is, you're playing with house money. And Gator fans don't want to hear that, but he probably thinks he can win eight games with Emory Jones. So can Franks and Trask, either one of those two guys, get me to 10? That's what they got to prove. See, they don't understand. The problem with the quarterback position and the competition the last couple of years, it's been a pillow fight. These guys have been babied. These guys have been told... You know, just keep it up. You're right there. You've got great talent, this, that, and the other. And the reality of it is they need to be told they're not very good. They need to be told that they're not, if you do that again, you're not playing. They need to be told, look, the idea is to win with the quarterback position, not to lose and certainly not to manage. Everybody says, I just want somebody who can game manage. Dan Mullen doesn't want a game manager. Dan Mullen wants a guy who can run his offense. These guys that get game manager labels is because they physically aren't talented. 
So you really believe that Trask and Franks can be game managers? Think about it. When you say when you get into when you're at the water cooler and the guy goes, "Look, all I need is Trask to be a game manager. We can win nine games. We got Jordan Scarlett. We got the 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 new receiver transfers. We're gonna be good." That that's not what those guys do. Game manager is a label for a guy who can't make all the throws and is a cerebral quarterback. We just had a cerebral offense and nobody could run it, except for Luke Del Rio, who had you know didn't have the the the, the physical skill set um, to really be as dominant as these two guys could have been had they had Luke's head. So, my opinion. These guys got to separate themselves from him, and I think Jones closes the gap this week, and I got no inside information on that. It's just a gut, just a gut feeling that we've, we're kind of sitting here, and we're out here, we're, po- we're rowing the boat, you know? We're, we're out here rowing in the lake, in the ocean. You know, if you ever been, you ever been uh, out in the ocean on a boat with a guy who's never driven a boat, like me, and you look up, and you, the guy driving the boat thinks he's going straight, but all he's really doing is going around in circles. Well, that's what we're doing here with this quarterback position. People's like, oh, this guy looks good. Oh, that guy, he's getting better. You know that he, with good coaching, look, it's time for these guys to to step up, you know? And it's okay if you're not ready. I mean, for God's sakes, Kyle Trask didn't start in high school. Felipe Franks has been has played one year of college football. Um, and so he's learning a new offense. And, and played an offense in high school that's nothing like, you know, what he's getting thrown at him last year, and certainly um, not as, as successful as this one has been under Dan Mullen. So, you know, the more I talk about the quarterback position, the more I feel like we're kind of be we're kind of being given the idea that these guys are in the mix for the job, but they're not really in the mix. I don't know. Just think it out loud. You know, we'll see how it plays out. Um, they definitely have to play better, but I, I think Trash played well. I mean, he was the best guy last week, uh, but this week's a new week, and. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Jones makes a move this week and some other guys as well. Tyree Cleveland back at practice this week is good news. Uh, you heard me talk the other day about lamenting the fact this is a guy that needs spring ball. Uh, not because he's out of shape, not because he's not talented. Um, he's extremely talented. Um, but he needs to just get on the same page with Billy Gonzalez. He needs to, un- I mean, but Gonzalez is going to make Tyree Cleveland a much better wide receiver than he's ever been in his life. Uh, but he's got to be willing to do this dirty work if he wants to play. Um, so getting him back, just getting him acclimated to the system uh, is going to be terrific. And I tell you, Florida, when Florida lines up, when Florida lines up with Cleveland and uh, Jefferson and Hammond and so forth, uh, that's a good-looking group. That's a good-looking group, you know? So I, I think uh, I, I think it's good to have Cleveland back out there. The one thing you're glad about is the fact that he's, you know, eligible to play this year. We don't know about Grimes, who looks the part, and Jefferson, who's played the part. Um, we don't know if they're going to be eligible. I think they are, but we don't know. But when you have Grimes on one side... Jefferson on the other side, Cleveland on one side. I mean, that, that that's a good-looking group. Uh, we're starting to get closer to looking like Alabama. And that's where you want to be. You know? You want to look like Alabama. 
Florida's got talent, but you want to look like Alabama. Where do I think Florida can look like Alabama quicker? I was thinking about this the other day. Where they don't look like Alabama is interior on the defensive line, which that could change with those two young guys, but but the D-line, they don't look like Alabama. Even though all those guys are good at the end spot, they just don't look like Alabama's defensive ends. They look like Gator defensive ends. And the linebacker, they're not as big, uh, 6'2", 6'3", 6'4". Um, Florida has short linebackers other than really Joseph, but their linebackers are not very tall. And receiver, uh, well, and then, uh, you know, then I think um, receiver until these two kids came in. Well, now with Jefferson and Grimes, now I think Florida, I think Florida can look like Alabama at receiver. I think Florida is going to look like Alabama at running back. I think they're going to look like Alabama at quarterback, I don't, you know, regardless of that. I think offensive line is going to look like Alabama, you know, probably not as deep. Uh, I think Heggie's coming back. I think they're going to put him at center eventually. And I think they're going to have a big old offensive line. And you just look at the guys that recruited that are already on campus. Um, you know, it's going to be tall, flat belly, big. 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", 6'6", 6'5", 6'4". Big numbers. That's what they're going to look like. And then I think on the D-line, uh, they could get there pretty soon. But then I think they've got to go out and recruit linebackers that are 6'4", 6'2", 6'3", 6'4". Um, yeah, Florida's had great tradition at linebacker. And I think David Reese can be really good. I think he's solid. But he doesn't he, he doesn't look like he would start at Alabama. And that's what you want to do. You want to look the part. There's certain numbers that they recruit to. And I think Florida will do that. Because when you line up and play them, and that's what Georgia's done did really well last year. Um Auburn's done it. Auburn's recruited well, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They look bigger than we do. They look bigger than Florida. So uh, that starts with Nick Savage, but it also starts with the way you recruit. And I think Florida can look closer to them quicker by going and getting in this. Now, now I'm not a recruit, Nick, okay? Go get more Grimes at receiver. Go find me some uh, Alex Anzalone's at linebacker. And go get me some big old defensive linemen. Some big old 6'4", 275 jokers uh, that you can coach. And I think that because Florida, you know, even since Muschamp has been here, since Muschamp has gotten here, there's not a secondary I would trade that Florida's had for Alabama's, including last year. Not a chance in Haiti. Okay? Um, the depth everywhere else, you know, it's just been, you know, when Florida's linebackers, I wouldn't have traded Anzalone and Davis, although Alabama had some really good ones. But, it, it, you know, and, and you say, why are you trying to stack up to Alabama? Because that's the, that's the barometer. In the 90s, Florida was the barometer. Now we're in the uh, whatever millennium we're in. I have no idea. Alabama's the barometer. That's what Clemson's done. That's how they've gotten to where they can line up and go play with them. That's what Georgia's doing. So if you don't think Florida's putting in a a height weight by position, uh, that's what they're doing. They're not taking, and they're not going to settle for anything less. Now, I do think... Florida is built because of the talent in the state for speed. I think this offense will capitalize on that. So I and I know that Alabama's morphed its offense through the years, most notably because of you know Lane Kiffin. But I do think Florida um, still needs to play that aggressive, fast-paced style that they brought to the SEC. Whether it's Spurrier style or Urban style, whether it's you know or Mullen style, you know, I still think there needs to be that spread element because. 
Florida, when it's right, has Jerry Judy and Amari Cooper and Derrick Henry. When it's right. Okay? You know, and so those guys need to stay in state. And I think people at Miami and at Florida State would say that about their programs, but I, I, don't, I disagree. If Florida is right, they get anybody they want from anywhere they want. So anyway, I think they're going to get right. I just think it's take a couple of years. But those are the places I look at that, that um, you know, they can address to try to get bigger and look the part. You got to look the part before you can do it. You can upset Alabama. You can knock off somebody and, you know, you don't have to be their size. But this isn't what, what Florida's trying to build. See, that's the thing. Getting to Atlanta and winning one time, that's not what you're building. What you're trying to do is be the team that everybody doesn't want to play on your schedule. You want to be the team that when you go to the other team's stadium, uh, there's no tickets left, ever. You can't get tickets. You want to have a, a bigger traveling party. You want to be that. And Florida was that for a long period of time. Long period of time. And uh, I think that Dan Mullen can get him back to that. Uh, but he just it's going to take some time. And that's why you've, you, it starts with recruiting. and um, But currently we're working on player development at the University of Florida, and I think that's good as well. Um, you know, you look at some of the other things that uh, are going on um, in spring football. Uh, we talked about some guys. I give you, you know, Buchanan's a guy who's had a nice spring. Uh, Antonius Clayton. It's had a nice spring. These are guys that haven't done a whole whole lot on the field. Uh, I really think Buchanan's found a home at center. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to start, but I, I do like the movement he's made. I'm just talking about guys um, from off the pack a little bit that have made. Rick Wells, I think, has had a nice spring. He's kind of plateaued a little bit. be interesting to see if he can make some plays this weekend, but he's had a nice spring. He's come from nowhere. He's done nothing since he's been at Florida, and had, he's had a nice spring. So I think to this point, there's been some guys – who've done some things. I think C.J. McWilliams has had a pretty good spring, considering um, he hasn't done a whole lot at Florida. Uh, you know, and, and I don't say that in disrespect because I, I'm a guy who didn't do a whole lot at Florida either. I'm just saying at this point in time in his career, he probably thought, every guy does, including myself, thought we'd do more. Uh, but now, you know, new blood, new guys, new eyes on him, new coaching. Guys are starting to make some moves, you know. Guys are starting to do some things. Dan Mullen said this week when he met with the media, and um, I'll tell you another guy, too. Sean Davis has made made a nice move uh, this spring. But then again, Sean Davis, as a true freshman, was playing against Michigan in Dallas. But he was uh, he didn't know what he was doing. He wasn't, wasn't prepared properly, in my opinion. But he's a good player. I think Sean Davis had a really good spring. But just some guys who hadn't done a whole lot. Those are some guys, Buchanan, Antonius Clayton, um, that I think could contribute and certainly solidify Florida as a deeper, more talented football team um, this year. No question about it in my mind. Uh, Jeremiah Moon's had a decent spring, you know, playing at a tough spot. So he's done some nice things, although he played a little bit last year as well. So uh, Dan Mullen talked about, yeah, it's going to be 0-0 at the end of the spring because you see the spring at the end of the tunnel, the light at the end of the tunnel. And so um, really it's still about evaluating. It's about fundamentals. It's about making sure everybody knows um, the work ethic that's expected on the practice field, in the weight room, and in the meeting rooms. And I think that's what this entire spring has been about. And it's been extremely difficult and eye-opening for a lot of guys. For a lot of guys. Um, you know, 
it's just been one of those type of deals that's been totally different. And this is the expectation. Once you get used to it as a player, you're fine. You know, once you get used to it, you're fine. Um, the other things that I want to add, we had talked a lot about the tight ends uh, this this uh, this year, or this spring, excuse me, with Goolsby leaving. Siante Lewis, Moral Stevens, R.J. Raymond, and um, Gamble, more Gamble. That here's, I think there's potential there. I noticed in da- just following Dan's career at Mississippi State, and that's a pretty good resume to look at. It's not just a snapshot, but more of a, a long-term reference of who gets the ball. You know, tight ends are going to catch between 18 and 24 balls unless you end up getting Ben Troop or somebody like that. So I, I think that the, that's going to be a very competitive position because I think Moral Stevens has made made a move the last week or so. Siante uh, Lewis was considered to be the starter. Um, Raymond's getting a lot of reps, but I think you know he's going to be more of the blocking type. And then I think Gant, they, you know, the kid out of uh, Southridge is, is Gamble. He's just got to he's just got to learn how to work at it. He's got a lot of talent, um, good size. He looks his body looks a lot better than it did um, last year as far as just getting in the weight room and growing into it. Uh, he is a kid that. I think eventually he's going to be an all-SEC type tight end. But I just – they're coaching him hard. So I don't think that his – he's ready work – and I don't even want to say it's not his work ethic, but just, just feeling uh, the position, understanding the nuances of playing at this level and how you have to practice. I mean, I remember Urban Meyer used to talk about this all the time when he was at Florida about practice. you got to learn how – you know. He's got to practice the right way. He's not going to play this, that, and, you know, always, always talking about that. He always talked about practice. I always thought, golly, you know, I mean, Danny Werfel wasn't great in practice. Shane was okay in practice. You know, those are quarterbacks. But, you know, some guys just don't don't have it in practice. But the game has changed. And, it, uh, you know, going back to when Urban was here, but also at Ohio State and now with Dan Mullen, and you gotta you got to give it your all at practice. You can't take a practice off. And I think that some of these young guys are still trying to learn that coming from high school where you can turn it on and turn it off and be a four-star kid with, you know, yeah, cameras in your face and winning a bunch of games and doing all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I think Stevens is making a move to be a nice tight end. But regardless who wins the job at the tight end spot, it's about 18 to 24 catches, and they'll probably have two guys catch that. He's going to be a shared position, uh, no question about it on that as well. So what's coming up? Well, we've got uh, Saturday scrimmage. Uh, we'll give you an update on uh, how everything's looking going into the final week on our next podcast. Uh, has anybody made a move at the quarterback spot? Anything different? Uh, we'll talk about um, you know what to expect as you get ready to come up for the orange and blue game. If you're in the Gainesville or Ocala area, North Central Florida, uh, we encourage you to come up to Buffalo Wa- Buffalo Wild Wings. Listen to me. I love Buffalo Wild Wings. We encourage you to come up to World of Beer in the town of Tioga on Wednesday. Um, the uh, We're having a show up there. Buddy Martin, longtime writer, uh, wrote Spurrier's most recent book, Urban's book, Urban's Way. Uh, we're going to be up there from 6 to 7 Wednesday night before the spring game, and we're giving away a bunch of prizes. So if you're in Gainesville or Ocala listening to the podcast, come on up from 6 to 7 as uh, we pack World of Beer as we get ready to pack the swamp for the Orange and Blue game. That's 6 to 7, Town of Tioga, World of Beer in Gainesville. Also want to thank our friends at Campus Outfitters coming in early for the game. Go by Campus Outfitters on Archer Road. They'll be open early with officially licensed gator apparel for everyone in your family, kids, babies, girlfriend, 
wife, wife, wife's boyfriend. They got everything there. All right, orange and blue, get dolled out, get decked out for Dan Mullen's uh, debut in the swamp coming up on April 14th by going to Campus Southfitters. That's going to do it for this podcast. Now, if you've got questions, I always answer questions on Facebook at the Brady Ackerman Show Facebook page and on Twitter at Brady Ack. Until our next podcast, thank you for listening. So long, everybody.